Welcome to The Partnership, the straight-up business podcast where co-founders chat co-founders with co-founders. I'm Jennifer Bettmeyer. And I'm Melissa Duran-Connor. We know we, a th- What are you doing? Go ahead. <laughs> we know a thing or two about being business partners. We launched media relations agency Jennifer Bett Communications together in 2014. So each episode, we invite co-founders to share their stories about building something new from the ground up. We are recording from LA and Connecticut, respectively, and still in the middle of this horrible pandemic. And something I wanted to tell you about, which I wanted to text you about this morning, but I decided to save it for our podcast conversation, is I read a story, um, an article about how companies and their employees and their teams are coming together as kind of mental support systems. And people are leaning more on their coworkers than their families or friends because they're in constant contact with them, whether it's Zoom or Slack or what have you. And I was reading this article and it it felt like someone, the person who wrote it actually sat in JVC's office because I've seen it so much with our team more than ever is how much they've come together from the assistants to the vice presidents in such a kind of profound way these past few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been so nice seeing these happy hours or team get-togethers just pop up on calendars on a regular basis because I... I don't know, I'm probably the one person in the whole world who really misses going to the office. Like I really enjoy working and being with that team, our team every day. Um, And it's been really hard for me in particular just to be isolated, despite the fact that I'm with my husband and my kid and my parents, you know, we're intergenerationally quarantining. Um, It's not the same as going to work every day, seeing our team and being surrounded by people who are 20 years old to my age and everywhere in between and different walks of life. But that's part of, you know, life. And it's so nice. So I've been very inspired by our team and how they are relying on each other and talking to each other. One of our um, longest employees FaceTimes me once a day just to say hi. And what am I having for lunch? Which is so nice because that was the conversation we were having in the office every day. So those little touch points have really made this more bearable than, you know, I can't even imagine folks who are like freelancers, right? And they, they've always worked alone, but still had at some point gone into an office to talk to an editor or talk to whoever they work with. But, you know, how do you do that now? Yeah. And I think, you know, someone, I was talking to someone the other day who owns a business and she's like, what's some good advice for communication across your team? And I was thinking for a little bit, and I was actually thinking that some of the nice things that are happening right now in our and our JVC culture are the introduction of new Slack channels. Like we have a feel good Slack channel where people yeah. drop in fun news or pictures of their babies or pictures of their dogs doing funny things or just real feel good stuff. I think it's my favorite Slack channel. And then, you know, having a Slack channel about like good Netflix shows to watch, or we have a recipe Slack channel now. So I think that's been really interesting too, is, is getting to kind of talk about things outside of, work? Um, Like, Mm -hmm. what is your best chocolate chip recipe? Or did anyone watch The Real Housewives of New York? It's kind of been this like tissue of connectivity between our team, which I think one of the most interesting things about JVC, and I think a lot of companies now is there's no real sense of hierarchy. And it's like the 20 year olds and the 40 year olds are just connecting on all different things. I think it's been one of the really 
nice parts of this really weird, uncomfortable time is seeing kind of how we all connect on things that are not necessarily work-related. Yeah. I mean, I always knew that our team was close and connected and cared about each other because we're with each other more than with anyone else. But you see it now more than ever. And we're so lucky that we have these 20 something odd people who are in it with us and still keeping a smile on their face. I know everyone's struggling in different ways. So it's been really nice and uplifting. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I hope other people are feeling the same way too and are having the same experience of working in a team setting like us. I mean, it's, it's definitely been a moment of reflection, I think, for everyone, not just a JVC, but anyone that kind of exists in this agency dynamic. For sure. Today, we're honored to be speaking with Donate Beauties, Cheryl Wishover, and Kathleen Ho, full-time beauty writers and editors who started a nationwide movement to bring essential and in-demand beauty products to healthcare workers on the front lines of the current health crisis. When COVID-19 first began sweeping across the U.S. this spring, Cheryl, Kathleen, and two of their beauty industry colleagues, writer Caroline Moss and women's health beauty director Christina Rodolfo, began working together to act as the intermediaries between brands and hospitals. As of April 10th, Donate Beauty has donated more than 140,000 beauty products to more than 30,000 healthcare workers at more than 400 hospitals. And they've even been discussing becoming a 501c3 official to continue their efforts even as the curve flattens. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Thank you guys Hi. so much for finding time to talk to us. We're so excited to have you and so impressed and inspired by what you're doing we you know are kind of new to the podcast game and we've been doing it remotely and pretty much doing standard co-founder conversations which have been interesting and fun but the the team in our office kept talking about what you guys were doing and we texted Mora, who um, does our content and we're like can we just slide them in anywhere like i don't care when it is but let's find a way to talk to them so that we can hopefully shed a little bit more light on the amazing work you're doing and tell more people about it thanks for having us you're our first podcast so we're honored amazing <laughs> that's so okay, great good. So can you guys tell us how Donate Beauty came to be and how the four of you, you know, got together? I mean, I, I feel like every question well, that I've been asking myself is what can I do, right? And, you know, I've done the food bank donations and whatnot, but you guys really did the what can I do and turned it into something really amazing and really impactful. So I guess, how did it happen? Yeah, this is Cheryl. I guess I can take that question. Um, so I used to be a nurse, but... Actually, uh, an editor friend of mine DM'd me and said that she had some friends who were medical residents who were working in like ERs at Bellevue and their faces were just like breaking out, really dry, really miserable skin. And she said, you know, is there anything like the beauty industry can do? Have you heard about discounts? You know, is there anything that can be mobilized? And I was like, wow, yeah, I bet I bet brands would be totally willing to donate some stuff. So I just tweeted really pretty casually like, hey, I'm hearing that, you know, masks are causing this damage, would love to get some donations, email me if you're interested. And I had so many brands emailing me within an hour. And by the next day, I was completely inundated. I tried to like make a spreadsheet and then Kathleen, <laughs> then the, the three of them came on board, like, you know, they messaged me immediately, like within the next 24 hours. So then we were, we were suddenly a team of four, <laughs> like within a day or two. 
That's awesome. So then once you have this list and all of these inbounds and all these brands are like, we'll do something like, how did you guys divide and conquer as a four person team and a partnership and kind of figure out like, you do this, you do this. Like, how did you organize, I guess? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm not sure we're even really organized now, <laughs> but I will, I will say that Kathleen um, took my really terrible spreadsheet and between she and Christina and their contacts and friends and people who know how to do spreadsheets, they made it into this like really great, useful document. So that was like the first thing, um, you know, setting up an official email for healthcare workers and beauty brands to reach out to us was also one of the first things we did. Um, you know, this is, I should probably preface this by saying that Kathleen and none of us, I don't think have ever organized or planned anything like this in our entire lives. So, you know, even the basics like, oh, we should have an email was like, oh, light bulb, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, I mean, it's changed. It's been really dynamic what our roles have been. You know, we all have jobs too. Um, I freelance and Kathleen and Christina have actual full-time jobs. So we're trying to fit it in in between. So it really varies every day. We kind of touch base and are like, okay, I'll take this project or this brand has a huge donation. I'll work on disseminating that. And it's just, it's a lot of emailing and chatting and slacking right now. Yeah. It's becoming more and more like, like we have to have, I think when Christina suggested that we join Slack, I was very against it at first. Cause I was just like, I don't need another Slack channel, but it turns out that you <laughs> do need things like that to be organized. So we do use the Slack channel all the time. The spreadsheet has grown from something that just had like one tab to three tabs. And then like, it was a whole thing where we, did, we would drive each other crazy with like the different fonts and the colors and like whatnot. But I think we've been really lucky that we have obviously this team where everyone has different experience. We've all done this. We've all like emailed a ton before with like, peer contacts and things like that. So at least in terms of keeping on, on top of like our inbox and like it's been, we've been really fortunate that a lot of these PR contacts and brands that have reached out to us are brands that we already knew and had talked to professionally. So we, we had that experience going for us. I mean, the interesting thing too is it's most companies or, you know, organizations, you know, they sit down, they have the time to kind of sit down and say, oh, this is going to be your role and this is going to be your role and this is how we're going to communicate. And you guys, frankly, were just really thrown into this. You didn't have the luxury of taking that step back and kind of really formulating even like my guess is a formal business plan. Everything's happening so quick, obviously with this pandemic and you know, this is not something that we can wait on. These people need our help right away. You know, yesterday, the first few weeks when you were doing this, was it just kind of nonstop or did you guys set up some sort of formal workflow or was it more just kind of when we have time to do it, we're going to jump in? I think it was just like we would jump in when we could. And so I think we loosely broke it down. Like I think Cheryl and Christina were since, well, Cheryl uh, obviously used to be a nurse. Christina's mom is also a nurse. So we figured that the two of them would be in charge first um, in terms of like getting contacts from hospitals, reaching out from their network, and then kind of growing the contact list from there at hospitals. And then Caroline and I were like more in charge of actually talking to the brands and figure out how much they could donate. And then together we'd be like, okay, we can like match this brand with this hospital and then do it that way. So that's kind of how it worked out at first. And then eventually it just, I think we were lucky that we just had this one inbox. So everything was going in there. So that inbox acted as kind of like our, our to-do list. We could go in, we could see what was unread um, and kind of go from there. 
Um, we used to have no labels at all on the Gmail. Now I think we have like 20 different labels. So there are things mm-hmm. that are just like new healthcare workers. Like uh, we have one called to match, which is when like a brand is ready to match. We find the right person. Um, just a ton of different labels kind of try to help us. Can you walk us through a little bit though, to backtrack about the whole matching process? Like how is that working? I'd also love to hear, to take another step back about some of the brands that kind of stepped up from the get go. Yeah. So the matching process. So what happens that, um, we have personal contacts at a bunch of different hospitals across the U.S. And it's been much easier to directly to personal contacts rather than say to go through like an official channel of the hospital just because hospitals are receiving a ton of items and sometimes there's just like a little more like red tape and things mm-hmm. like that if you go directly through like a hospital channel versus like if Cheryl has a friend that works at like Rush in Chicago, for example, we can send items directly to her house and she can tell us exactly what she needs. So each contact requests for their entire unit and the unit can be anywhere from five to 250. Anything moisturizing, hand cream and okay. lip balm. So that's kind of like the baseline starter kit of like things they need. And so if a brand comes to us and is like, we can ship, um, I don't know, like a thousand moisturizers, like let's say it cosmetics comes and it's like, I can ship a thousand moisturizers. Um, we do the matchings. We ask, can you ship to multiple locations? And if they can ship to multiple locations, then we divide it up like among all the different kind of personal mm-hmm. contacts we have so that that one allocation can be allocated to like anywhere from like 10 to 12 different units. And that mm-hmm. can serve a lot of people. And then Cheryl can talk a little bit more about like the the different brands and the stuff that have all just generously offered to donate so many of their items and time. And also like the warehouse workers that are actually taking the time and doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. I was actually going back into our email to try to, I can't even remember who some of the first brands were, but I mean, we had everything from indie to like, I'm working right now with Clarisonic who wants to donate 1800 brushes and skincare, which is like a huge undertaking because they're big. Right, so we're trying to figure out how to move all these um, incredibly generous donations around. Um, but we've had Mark Jacobs, right. um, Drunk Elephant, Drunk um, Elephant, Riley, Garnier, Peace Out Skincare. Um, what else? Like Starface was one of our first. You know, the little pimple patches. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, um, Nest fragrances. Like they've donated a bunch of like toilettes and like hand creams that were like a huge hit. What's so amazing, too, is that so many of these brands, I mean, no one in retail is having an easy time right now. It's it's a difficult time mm-hmm. for all these brands. So the fact that a lot of these brands, I imagine, are, you know, they have their own internal struggles with, um, you know, sales and finances and staffing, that they still are able to kind of do something so wonderful and altruistic, yeah, I think says a lot about the brands. This is what I keep saying and what I keep trying to remember to shout out from the rooftops on my social media, et cetera, is that these brands are, I keep saying this, but are literally doing the heavy lifting. Like really we are just coordinators in the middle. They are incurring shipping costs. They're incurring logistics. They're, you know, figuring out, have things actually reach the place it's supposed to be. Like we're helping with all that, but like the brands have done everything. We're literally just giving them names and addresses and, you know, assuring them that we've vetted these workers. So, um, I mean, the brands, yes, have truly been incredible and they keep coming out of the woodwork. Like we can't, we were saying the other day, like, can you believe that this many beauty brands actually exist? It's crazy, but like they're still coming out of the woodwork to donate and we have been so grateful because like my biggest fear, ask Kathleen weeks ago, I was like, Kathleen, we have all these, we started getting some press and all of a sudden people were just like, 
we were getting hundreds of requests a day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, we're not gonna be able to service all of these people. We don't have enough brands, but the brands like have come through and we've been so grateful. One brand, I mean, and I didn't even realize this until after they told us, but they donated without question, I think probably over 15,000 items. And wow. I didn't find out till after we shipped, they shipped to over a hundred different contacts without asking any questions. And then I didn't find out till after that they had furloughed half their workers and it wasn't like they were in a thriving kind of business place, but they were just so happy and so generous and they felt like this was the right thing to do. And so they just agreed to donate without any question whatsoever. It's so amazing. I, I guess I'm curious. I know there's four of you now, but uh, do you have a wider team or because of how busy and how inundated you guys have gotten, have you had volunteers helping out or is it really just the four of you guys? We've had volunteers. There are certain things that we just realized that we were not that great at. And one of them is spreadsheeting. <laughs> just because <laughs> We just don't really use spreadsheets much as part of our job. And so we had this like one tab, the, the like outbound tab, and it's like a, we add an entry every time we send something to like a unit. And I think that midway through, I had this panicky moment where I realized that half of us were updating the tab and half of us were not. I was like, oh my gosh, we're not organized. And then I was like, oh, you know what? It's fine. Like all the information's in the emails. So I found what a, a, a few volunteers, actually Steph from Fashionista and one of my like old colleagues back from my financial consulting needs. And so they go in and every day they just add little entries into the spreadsheet. And it just, it's really simple, but it's just something that I was just like, if this isn't our strength, like it's not something we should have to force. Like other people are willing to do this and like mm-hmm. are happy to volunteer. When I put out like a, a thing on my Instagram, where I was like, it's like an hour of data entry. I'm sorry, it's not paid. But if someone wants to do this, we'll pay you in beauty products later down the line. I think I got like 40 to 50 different like DMs from people being like, I would love to do this. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Melissa would love to do that. Let me Melissa, tell you something. People Melissa loves do, the spreadsheet. <laughs> people would do almost anything for free beauty products. That is, I think, is a universal truth for sure. <laughs> And let me tell you, it doesn't matter how long you've been working in spreadsheets. You know, we obviously run a PR agency. So we work on spreadsheets quite a bit with media lists and contact lists. And I would say once a day, Melissa jumps into Slack to complain about how we are doing our spreadsheets. So it doesn't matter how long you're doing them. Yeah. When you mentioned like the different fonts and colors, I was like, oh my God. I I know. I I felt like I'm not even that like crazy about the spreadsheet, but I felt like out of the four of us, I somehow became the spreadsheet enforcer. And then we found someone that's actually more of an enforcer than I am. So she can handle all this now. And she's like created like, five different like really pretty pastel colors like indicate like where we are in terms of completion and it's just just, like much better now she like goes in every night and she like archives like certain like rows like it's just it just works melissa melissa's gonna hire her so i I want her name so i can hire her immediately to do all of our lists Um, (laughs) (laughs) real quickly though something that i didn't ask that i'm curious about is i know obviously you're all in you know the same industry but were you all were you friends before this all started or just kind of like work acquaintances like how cheryl you said you tweeted about it and you got a lot of interest but how did that happen um, well, Kathleen and I go way back, like way back over 10 years now. So, um, so I, I was a nurse until about 10 years ago, I had a career change and ended up a fashionista full time as an editor. That was sort of my first editorial job. Um, after I did some internships and freelancing and Kathleen pitched me a story pretty early on in my career there. And I loved it. We published it. It was like, for years, it did crazy traffic for the site. And so she wrote for us a lot. 
And then she ended up at New York Mag. I ended up quitting, going freelance. So then I wrote for her a few times. And we've just known each other for a decade now in the industry. And then and Kathleen yeah. and Christina oh. are very good friends now, right? Yes. Cheryl literally pushed me out of like the slush pile, or, like the blind pitch pile or whatever you call it. And that was like my first real byline, I think in like fashion or beauty. And I was so excited. It's like we were now doing something like different, but also related. Um, and then Christina and I have been friends for a long time. So I think that we've all been like friendly and kind of new in the industry. I think Caroline Moss was kind of a newer person, but we knew about her through Twitter and like Cheryl's editors, like friends with her. So that's how I it was all like within the within the circle. Mm-hmm. Can you, um, like I said, you're getting a lot of requests from healthcare workers and a lot of inbounds from beauty brands. But once you actually send the products out, or, like what do you hear back from those healthcare workers? I can't imagine what they must be like, how grateful they must be. I feel like that probably gets you through like the toughest day or whatever. But can you share some of what that's been like? Yeah, I mean, when, so when we first started, I was a little bit nervous, like. I was like, this is ridiculous. We're sending moisturizers. Like, I wish I could send masks. Like, I've been absolutely appalled by the PPE situation. And I was like, is this bad that I'm suggesting that we send, you know, moisturizers and masks? Mm -hmm. But I feel um, very vindicated (laughs) because, like, there are practical applications, obviously, for skincare. But I think the having something just a little pleasure in their day also goes a long way. So, I mean, the, well, you've seen our, our Instagram, but like our favorite emails are the ones that are like, thank you so much. Everyone was so excited. You know, it was the only time I smiled all day. I mean, working in a hospital and being a nurse is drudgery in the best of conditions. It really is. It's a very hard job. Um, so I can't even imagine how bad it is now, how much worse it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kathleen, what have been some of your favorite? We've gotten some really good emails. The more you do this, the range of the way people react is sometimes people are really busy and they can't send you a thank you. And that's like totally fine. It's also just like we got dozens of tags from people on Instagram all day long. And mm-hmm. I think people are also just excited to know that people are thinking about them. Like it's just like a little gift. It just shows that like we're, we appreciate you. People are thinking about you. They want to thank you for, for what you've done. There is this one brand called Auto Skin Goods, and it's founded by this dermatological nurse. And she uh, wanted to give back to her community, obviously. But we were like all crying after we saw this Instagram video that someone posted of the shipment they got from her because it had these five to seven like little handwritten cards that her kids had written and drawn. And each of them were like, we love you. We appreciate you. Like, you can keep doing this. You guys like, are going to make amazing. me cry. This is going to be the first yeah. podcast that makes me cry. And <laughs> I mean, the the person that opened it was like, oh my God, it was like a nurse, like NYU Langone Health. And she was just like, oh my gosh, like the cards were just like so cute and Mm -hmm. adorable. It's it's so funny. My mom was actually a nurse too. She was a nurse, this is crazy, at Bellevue Emergency Room in the 70s. So it was, I mean, the stories my mother has told us are on another level. I mean, it wasn't a pandemic, but drugs and everything that was going on during that time and being at Bellevue, she is you know, has a lot of scars. Um, and she's since moved on. She, she actually does our bookkeeping, but, um, I was telling her what you guys were doing and she like almost broke into tears and she was like, no one ever really said thank you to us that much. And we were so exhausted and sleeping on the floor and, mm-hmm. you know, witnessing so much. And she's like, please tell those girls they're doing good. 
And it was just, you know, and my mom is like, what, Melissa? She's, I mean, I don't want to out her age on this podcast, but, you know, she's 70 something. Mature. Um, She looks great, but she's 70 something. And so I think, you know, even pandemic aside, the fact that you're doing something for people that do so much for us Mm -hmm. and often are not thanked, you know, moisturizer or mask or or what have you, I think it goes such a long way. And I think it like runs deep in that community. Mm Mm-hmm. As well, Cheryl, actually, you, you know. <laughs> yeah, that actually leads to my next question. And we kind of mentioned it before is like, have you guys talked about, and it sounds like you have, like having Donate Beauty exist beyond the pandemic. And what are your plans? Knowing that you guys have other jobs, but having this experience, what has been your conversation around potentially having it live on past what's going on right now? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely our intention or our hope. Intention is maybe a strong word right now, but definitely our hope to keep it going longer term. Um, we actually just had a, a call yesterday with an attorney who very graciously gave us a little pro bono consult because, again, we're clueless. We have no idea how to get an official not-for-profit up and running. And, you know, my thing is that I absolutely am glad that healthcare workers are getting the Um, sort of attention and gratitude that they deserve. So we would love to continue it for that recipient base, I guess, but also expand it to, you know, domestic violence shelters, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's a national disaster or natural disaster somewhere, you know, how can we deploy this in a more organized and sort of larger fashion? Like, I think we would all really love to do that, but we're in the very, very early stages of figuring out what that looks like. You know, we realized early on, we had some um, big beauty companies wanting to donate and then realizing, oh, our legal department won't let us because you're not officially a 501c3 or we can't write it off or, you know, it's just not official enough. So we lost like really probably huge amounts of donations because of that. So that was one thing that sort of lit a fire under us like, okay, we should probably be official right now. I think it feels right to be a little scrappy and a little grassroots and we'll we'll get there when we get there. But it's something we we definitely want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think being in the beauty industry, we've been so luckily and privileged to have tons of samples and tons of just products available to us. And I think all of us have felt that like we're one person, we can share obviously with our company, with our friends and things like that. But I think there's also a way to get these products, people that are in need to like a lot of the things that Cheryl mentioned. And I think a lot of people felt that way too. You know, it's kind of like you send a mailing out and like maybe even you have like, you can test like a few items, but like there's, there people are so generous with their donations. It'd be nice to have a place where people can go and be like, I have this extra, like, is it okay if I donate it to X, Y, and Z? Something that we haven't said, I think, which I think we probably should have said 15 times through this episode is, can you guys tell us where people can kind of find out more about the program, how they can potentially get involved, whether it's volunteer or donate product or help spread the word? Yeah, so we have, we're um, Donate Beauty. We have a website, donatebeauty.com, and that's also our handle on Instagram and Twitter. And our email is info at donatebeauty.com. And it should say that we are, we are taking a pause on accepting new <laughs> requests for donations because we have a backlog. And like our sincere goal is we want to send something to everyone that's asked us so far. And we have a lot, hundreds and hundreds. But we absolutely are always looking for more donations and volunteers. So that's how you can find us. 
Awesome. Well, we always like, as we're like wrapping up to you, a little bit of a fun game at the end of our podcast. It's it. Don't be scared. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> every, just, every time um, we do this, there's this look of fear when we say that we have a fun <laughs> game at the end. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. No, this is, um, it's, it, we call it the ship final five. It's five just fast response questions that are meant to be fun. And you know, it's just a nice way for us to end a really nice conversation. So uh, let's get into it. Great. <laughs> I mean, the first one is something we're actually asking a lot of people, and I know it's going to probably be a question you have been, each been asked maybe 400 times, but what is one beauty product you just can't live without? For me, weirdly, it's not skincare. I really love the Ciroc Beauty Eyelash Curler, and that's because my eyelashes are just, they're just, they point, they're not just stick straight, they also point down. Mine do too. <laughs> So I think like I started curling my eyelashes maybe when I was like 14 and I was like, wow, this is amazing because it just, it made people stop asking if I was tired all the time. It just like made me look more uplifted and like I had a little more energy and it just kind of like opened the whole thing up. So I think I've been curling my eyelashes probably every day since I was like 14. And I Someone think just told me to get a heated eyelash curler. What are, what's your thought on that? I like the heated one. I just get nervous when something that hot is close to my eye, which yeah. I think is a normal feeling. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> normal fear. Do I have to answer this too? You do. Okay. So uh, no brainer and it's super boring. I'm sorry, but it's prescription um, tretinoin, retin-A, retinols, like not the over-the-counter. I mean, it's fine, but like go to the dermatologist and get one. I'm currently hoarding the rest of my stash because I don't know when I'm going to see my term again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now's a great time to start retinoid because you can get through the whole retinoid uglies process. Exactly. I'm going, yeah, I'm going through a lot of those ugly processes right now. I'm like, I'm letting my, for a really long time, everyone's been telling me, let your nails breathe. You know, don't always have polish on them. And I'm like, oh, but no one wants to see that. Same. Well, guess what? Everyone is seeing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay. So what's your go-to self-care ritual? Uh, I like taking baths. I'm a really big bath person. So it's not because I had like a fancy cloth bathtub or anything. Like my bathtub is like kind of grindy, whatever, but I just find it soothing. I like to go in with a little bit of like Epsom salt because I feel like that actually takes away tension and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I make like a little bath cocktail. I'll do the Epsom salts, usually the Dr. Teal's one. You can find it at, like any drugstore. There's like a foaming version too, which creates a lot of bubbles. Nice. And then there's the Suzanne Kaufman bath oil, which I like, which has like a little rosemary in it. Um, so I, I fill that up. I don't want it to be like a full foamy bathtub because that's a little too much. I go in with like a book and like 20 minutes and then that's like a, a good self-care thing for me. And then like working out. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's definitely fitness and, um, you know, I miss my gyms and my classes so much, but I found all these like fitness instructors in Iowa <laughs> on YouTube. So I can do like a 20 minute half hour workout. I have every app on earth that I'm trying like all the virtual workouts. So, I mean, that's, that's really my most key self-care on a normal, when we're in normal times. Like, so now it's even more important. Do you do the mirror? Have you seen the mirror? No, I don't do the mirror, but um, I'm curious how they're doing. Are more people <laughs> buying the mirror? I don't know. I don't well, know. I know people are buying Pelotons like, whoa, right now. Yeah, so right. maybe. Maybe they're doing great. Yeah. My pal, our Peloton has, I think, saved this entire family many a time. So we actually discovered um, in the Peloton app, they have family workouts and, you know, we have an eight-year-old. So um, it's like five to 10 to 15 minutes. They call them, I think like brain, something where you know your kids are in school or 
homeschool all day long and you have like this five to 10 minute break and they do fun things like freeze dance and jumping jacks. And this week it's been like a savior. I am very grateful for the apps. I think they keep us sane and um, from killing each other on a daily basis. <laughs> and all the um, instructors too, like I do dance body and there are people that go into an empty studio and they do live classes every single day. And I can't even imagine being a fitness instructor and be able to teach and talk for like an hour while sweating. Yeah. Yeah. And like having the mental kind of like motivation to go in and teach like you would as though your class was full to like all these people mm-hmm. you can't see. That's just amazing to me. What is the last thing um, you either watched or binge watched since we've started this period? Mine's uh, snorky. <laughs> oh, wait till you meet Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Terrace House, which is like, how to explain it? It's like Japanese real world, but like nothing happens. There's literally no drama. <laughs> and I'm not very soothing. And like, I think someone recommended it to me like two years ago. And I was like, oh, this is so boring. I can't take it. But now I... It's like watching like a live version of The Sims almost. Like they just like cook dinner and then they talk about like hopes and dreams. Like no one's trying to win anything. Like that is so funny. Wait, what's it called? My sister's obsessed with The Sims. So now I have to tell her to watch this. For me, it's Ozark. You know, I've had friends who for a couple years oh, yeah. been like, you have to watch Ozark, you have to watch Ozark. I'm like, I don't want to watch it. I don't, whatever. It's probably fine. But we started it, my husband and I, and yeah, it's really, really good. So we've been trying to sort of stretch out the last season. It's so good. Last. Oh, so you haven't finished? No, 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 don't, no spoilers. Do not tell me. No, no, I'm not going to tell you anything other than I finished it last night because I'm quarantining at my parents' house with my child and my husband, but my parents and I have been bonding over Ozark, which is a terrible thing to bond over with your parents. But we watched the last episode last night and it was literally, this was how my face and was, I looked around and we were like this. Like, oh. It's really good. It's, yeah. you're in for something very Melissa, did you, did you start Unorthodox yet? No, now I'm going to start it now. Okay. I was I focus on one thing at a time. It's now I'm done with it's Ozark. Really good. That and um, we've been watching The Last Dance at um, Last ESPN Dance documentary. So it's like the it's only really thing Brian good. and I can agree on. Um, oh, sorry, it's my turn. Um, okay, what's a small business close to your heart that listeners can support right now? And it doesn't have to be beauty. It can be a local restaurant or a clothing store. Yeah, I like all these restaurants that are. Um, making meals and things like that for, for healthcare workers. Like, mm-hmm. they're, like Madame Bose is doing like little like Vietnamese bentos. You can like Venmo them. Oh, uh, like yeah. Chang's, they send like dumplings I think every single day to healthcare workers. That's the chef that I saw, uh, Chef Tracy Wilk. She bakes every single day different like delicious delicacies and like baked goods for healthcare workers. I like baking, but I mean, I also just like, I feel like they deserve all the food and everything. Yeah, I'm thinking, um, so we're actually upstate and we have been making weekly runs to all the little breweries, the little local breweries, like there's one called Rough Cut, there's one called Arrowwood. Um, We're just trying to really support them as they're trying to sort of keep afloat, um, you know, ordering food from them when we can. And I received a care package from a bakery in Brooklyn, and I can't remember the name of it. They called it a quarantine care package, and it was amazing. It was full of cookies and bath salts. and That's so nice. You know, yeah, probably something they didn't do normally. You know, so, so I found poking around, like, locally, really, really hyper-locally where you are to see what they're doing has been important to, to me. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, for sure. All right, one more. Can I wait? Can I give a shout out to a small business, or am I not? Sure. Allowed? I mean, yeah. 
I mean, it's a client, but I just, I love what she's doing. Um, I just, and she doesn't have a partner, so we'll never get to interview her. But um, what Christina Stemble is doing at Farm Girl Flowers, I just, I love her. I love how um, honest she's been about the difficulty with getting a loan and PPP. And I love how um, she is just supporting her team and doing everything she can to keep them all working. I just, um, we love well, flowers. Flowers make flowers. everyone happy, so yeah. we'll shop them. And I love uh, female entrepreneurs and anything we can do to, to support her would be great. Um, okay, my last question, our last question. Your favorite Instagram account to follow right now other than Donate Beauties and your own? Okay, I can answer this right away. Um, it's Grombre, the, the site where everyone is growing out their gray hair and it's very empowering. So I loved it. I love that site so much pre all of this, but now that I have like a half an inch coming in, like I just find it just recalming force. Um, Wait, can you spell it for me? Yeah, grom- like, like, like um, ombre, but with ombre, a G-R, but G-R-O-M-B-R-E. Oh, oh. this is this is cool. This it's is my favorite. So it. great. Yeah, it's the best. It just it's very grounding and it's very like the anti Instagram because it's yeah. like look how growing up. Look how ridiculous my hair looks, half grown and gray. It's just very earnest and genuine and inspiring. And these women all look so beautiful. I love this. This this makes me feel better. Oh yeah, I love this. This is great. I did. This has been going on for a while, right? Like not. Yeah, just- I interviewed them. I don't know, maybe last year or something, two years ago. Um, they were tiny. I think they had eighteen thousand followers at the time. Yeah, but I love them so much. Wow! Now they have over like hundred and ninety thousand. That's great. Yeah. Well, I just followed them. Me too. <laughs> I have two. I love Poets Or, which is just like the Academy of American Poets and every day or so they just post like a little poem from someone and they're not from like super famous people but I I never thought I'd be like a poetry person but I guess having it pop up my Instagram feed and having to read something rather than like looking at a picture has just been a really nice thing um I also like following food accounts mostly now not because I'm a really good cook or, or chef or anything like that I'm actually really terrible but I find it just like fun to watch and um, there's one, his name is Grossy Pelosi <laughs> and he just like cooks a ton of like ton of food and it's all like, uh, pasta and like, I don't know, like having that like in a gay man, I think is what this account is. Yeah. It's a gorgeous, um, feed. It's beautiful. Like the colors and everything. Yeah. It's beautiful. It. He has like all these highlights saved for chocolate chip cookies, for vodka sauce, for like his mother's like carrot cake recipe. Um, I've never cooked anything of his, but like, I, I want to, he also sells these like really cute t-shirts and say this all social pasta and the, the proceeds of it go to stage, which is like this organization benefiting older LGBT people. So mm-hmm. I love it. Well, those are awesome. It, that's one that we, we ask every set of guests that question. And I think it's mostly so we can fill up our feet with yeah. things that we didn't know about. <laughs> I just immediately start following all of them. So thanks so much for that. Um, all right. Well, that was it, guys. That was the partnership. Thanks so much. Make sure to visit our website, jenniferbet.com, where you can subscribe and learn more about our podcast so you can never miss a show. And one more time, guys, tell us again your website in case people want to learn more. Um, we are at donatebeauty.com. 
Okay, you guys are awesome. We are so honored that you took the time to even talk to us. We know you're super, super busy, and I think just what you're doing is is really unbelievable, and, and I hope you guys feel really good about it, too. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're so appreciative to everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.